0: David Kaplan
2: and
1: Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone! Bring them, out, bring, them out. Woo! bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out.
0: Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Oh, God. Welcome into the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we've got Jay Moore, we got you for a three hour ride on this deal breakers Thursday with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number and cap before we came on on Sportsmanlike with Evan Cohen and Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty, we're talking about a piece that was on ESPN.com regarding quarterbacks and their future destinations here this offseason. And they start off talking about Justin Fields. And, of course, any time that you hear anything about our teams, especially nationally, you get the volume on the truck or your vehicle. and You just turn it up a little bit more, right? If it's at a nice 14-15 oh, wait a second now. What are they saying? you turn it up to about 25 to make sure you get it get it all, right? You want to make sure you hear it all. And they were talking about destinations for Justin Fields. And I said, wait a minute. Does this show in like that comes on before us feel like Justin Fields is moving on? They already have destinations for Justin Fields. It's interesting because you take a look at social media over the last, I don't know, five to seven days, not a lot of uh, chatter about Justin Fields as of late.
2: In the Justin Fields Uh, fan club out there that is very vocal on social media. The stands have been conspicuously absent to the degree they were maybe a month ago. There's no way the Bears are taking Caleb. There's no way they're trading Justin. Boy, you've gotten awfully quiet out there. Hmm. Is it a fait accompli? I think so. Hmm. I truly believe they're taking Caleb Williams. And the more I talk to people who are in the league, that we've made these contacts over the years. One of them I went to college with. He's like, dude, stop. There's no chance that you are trading that pick and keeping Justin. And there was a report out of Denver yesterday. They might be willing to give you Patrick Sertain, all pro corner, and a bunch of draft capital If you give them the number one pick. And I said to a buddy of mine, he's like, should we do that? No. (laughs) Because if Sean Payton, who was one of two guys, he and Andy Reid, to identify Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. if they're willing to give you all that, you got to stop for a second, use your brain, and go, well, if they're willing to do that, boy, they must really love that quarterback. Why do I not want him? We want one of those. Mm-hmm. No. You're going to take a quarterback. And I was listening to a really good interview on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday with Adam Johns mm-hmm. from The Athletic sure. and the Hogan Johns podcast. It's been all over the beat for a long, long time. And Waddle and Sylvie said, so what do you think the Bears do? He said, they're taking a quarterback at number one. They are. I watched some stuff on Michael Pennix yesterday? Sure. He's awesome guy. Awesome. And to listen to him talk football, I'm like, wow, I'd like one of those. But he's had two ACLs and two non-throwing shoulder surgeries on his left shoulder, or right shoulder, because he's a lefty. And that's
0: why he's going to fall. You're going to take that chance on his health? I'm not. No, not the Bears, but it's up to him to be able to change the narrative there in his career. Like, okay, I know I've gone through a lot of injuries, but I can help a ball club. Just not the Bears at this point in time.
2: Correct. He's not the number one pick. Yeah. But if you're sitting there and he's on the board at 22, maybe you roll the dice. He's got a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. But I have not found one person who is in the know, who covers the league or works in the league. Not one. Other than former players, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Cutler, that, oh, yeah, I would trade the pick and keep Justin. You talk to people who evaluate for a living, they're like, dude, it's not
0: close. Stop. Now, for the Lance Briggs and for the Jay Cutlers and others. Lance is another. Yeah, that that talk about this cap. You know, from their standpoint, they just believe in camaraderie and they believe in keeping things together. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about some fans and, again... As some fans are afraid of what's on the other side, you get comfortable and you start liking your athletes. You enjoy watching it. You enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Trust the process, right? So there are some that look at Justin Fields and they say, okay, you know, I see an opportunity for this young man to be able to blossom if he has weapons around him, the offensive line and weapons at wide receiver and just the infrastructure from an offensive coordinator standpoint where he can be able to jibe, With the coaching staff and the team and that he could finally break through to be the quarterback we think he could be. I can understand that that standpoint or that viewpoint from former players because they're like, ah, we know it's like when a rookie comes in. It's like, oh, we have to wait for the rookie to develop while we're already advanced. There's something to that, Cap. Mm -hmm. There's something to that. It's like, I'm a five or six year veteran. This guy's a rookie. How can we catch him up to speed? Do I have to continue to, to stand still, waiting for this quarterback to finally come up to speed for him to be to come into his zone? I'm already here. I'm already in my prime. This guy is a rookie. What are we supposed to do now? I understand that, that, that viewpoint. However, when you look at what's happened with Justin Fields, it's not like he hasn't had the opportunity to be able to, to change the narrative and turn the page on his career, where it's like, okay, yeah, we tanked, but now I'm healthy enough to help and I can't seem to be able to read the defense on a regular basis enough to make a difference for the Bears. I'm out there, but I can't make the difference I really want to. And you can blame Luke Getze, you can blame the offensive line, you can blame. but ultimately the guy with the ball in his hands, the lion's share of the time, can't seem to get right, can't seem to get over the hump. And this is why more than likely the Bears will make a change at quarterback because it's just stagnant. It's not horrible, but it's standing still. And I think some veteran players look at it and say, I'm advanced, but this guy's in the same spot. Yeah, when you look at the NFC North, and let's assume
2: Minnesota brings back Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Let's just assume that. He may not, but let's assume that. You're fourth at quarterback. That's just a fact. I'm not saying who the fastest runner is, the highest jumper, the most exhilarating off-platform. I'm talking about being the leader of your football team and knowing, hey, man, there's a minute 32 left, and I got to take you 60 yards to get the game winner. Let's go. Jordan Love, everyone in the league would take him over Justin. Jared Goff, everyone at this point, and his numbers bear it out, would take him over Justin. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins, six 4,000-yard seasons, they would take him. In terms of productivity. I know Justin's younger and somewhat healthier. That's not good enough here. No. Well, if you got rid of that horrible Luke Getze and you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, Green Bay doesn't have receivers like that. And it looks a hell of a lot better. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing here? You got a kid sitting at number one. Sure. David Shaw, I played it with you yesterday. You got it there. It's a shortcut. It's 15 seconds. David Shaw, who coached Andrew Luck, has evaluated players for the NFL for a while, said, okay, Andrew Luck's the only 10 out of 10 that I've evaluated or coached.
3: Mm-hmm. There's only one 10 out of 10 that I've seen, and that's Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Um, when Trevor Lawrence came out, I thought he was the best since Andrew. Um, Caleb Williams is the best since Andrew. Mm-hmm. So he's not a ten, he's a nine nine, nine nine, nine,
2: nine, nine. I mean, it's awfully tough to have the fourth best quarterback in the division hear a guy who I respect greatly, and David Shaw say that, mm-hmm. and he's not the only one. It's not like he's the only guy that likes everybody. Dude, that guy's generational. That guy, you gotta develop him, but he's got everything you could want. And we got people in town that go, nah, I'm good. Trade it. Get me five more picks. First of all, what is the hit rate on first-round draft picks getting a second contract? Like 50%. Yeah, and not very good around here lately. Oh, God. I, mean, I can't think. We went through that list. We haven't had a first-round pick get a second contract in forever. Yeah, we went that.
0: It's a it's a very short list.
2: Correct. So if the hit rate is 50%, I don't care how many draft picks you trade him for. doesn't mean you're going to hit on every one of them. I want the star at quarterback, period. And what's my best chance of getting one? Not Justin. It's Caleb Williams if he checks all the boxes. They got to do all their homework. They just put together their coaching staff. They hired an assistant O-line coach this morning. That dude was the head O-line coach in Tennessee. Like, they are spending. Someone told me yesterday, dude, there's no budget on what they're paying assistant coaches at your place. They're spending. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Now you've got to put the talent there for them to coach because the jockey doesn't he- carry the horse across the finish line.
0: For those who have not heard Kapanak go through this list before, Bears fans, the first round picks to get a second contract with the team, Brian Urlacher, Rex Grossman, Tommy Harris, Kyle Long, Kyle Fuller. And so long, everybody. That'll right. be all.
3: Well,
2: where's Leonard Floyd? Oh, he didn't get one. Where's Mitch Trubisky? No, that didn't work. Roquan. Nope, that didn't work. Yeah. Nope, that didn't work. Uh, Kevin White must have got us. Oh, that didn't work either. Yeah. I mean, come on now.
0: What are, what are we doing here? On Sportsmanlike with Evan, Canty, and Michelle talking about what the Bears should do with Justin Fields. Listen. First
4: one is Justin Fields. They have to the Raiders. <laughs> That would be
3: weird to the Bears.
1: To the 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 Raiders. (laughs) Like it or not? Uh, I don't hate it. I just think there's a better fit for Justin Fields. Which would be? Which would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes,
2: that's what I would like. I I think the Steelers
1: are a better fit just because of them going out and getting offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, who had success with the quarterback. That was athletic with uh, utilizing RPOs as a big part of their uh, run game. So Ryan Tannehill had success, had a career year under Arthur Smith. I think he could do a similar thing in Pittsburgh with Justin Fields' skill set. So I like Justin Fields with Pittsburgh more than I like him with the Raiders. Although I think it would work with the Raiders, I think it would be better for Justin Fields with the Steelers, a more functional franchise. By the way, as we delve
0: into this, you heard what they were talking about there on on Sportsman, like five to seven right here on ESPN 1000 before we come on. Let's delve into it for a second. Raiders... Or Steelers, And it might be a different suit. It could be Atlanta or other teams, Cap. But just think about that. Mike Tomlin working with Justin Fields. Now, you see the mess that's happening in Pittsburgh right now. It's amazing. Again, it is turning water into wine for the Steelers to somehow get into the playoffs again. Not knowing who your quarterback is from week to week. And somehow, some way, Tomlin is able to usher that team into the playoffs again. Again. Yep. Always over five hundred. always a winning record, a lot of times in the playoffs. But the point is, though, what does that look like with Justin Fields? A second act, different team with Pittsburgh, with a demanding coach in Tomlin. Oh, God. It better happen. Right. (laughs) Because Tomlin's not effing around here, okay? He's not effing around. Let me just put
2: it to you this way. With Antonio Pierce in Vegas. I do not see any scenario that they trade for Justin. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Mm -hmm. But somebody I talked to yesterday said, Antonio Pierce, Justin Fields? No. He said, great kid, not a fit in their offense. That's not who they're getting. Mm -hmm. So do they roll with Aiden O'Connell? Do they draft somebody? They should have a reasonably decent pick. Do they try and trade up? We'll see. But I, I do not see Justin Fields and the Raiders.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I just think that those two teams are interesting. I think it' more of a fit in Atlanta for me. That's why I would think that the Bears can make a deal there with the Falcons. But we'll see. I think we also should delve into this part of it as well. For Justin Fields, just as a player. And again, we're not doing post-mortem. We're not, we're not burying him. We're just saying that... We're talking about the reports that's out there, the opinions that are out there, and again, anything could happen with the Chicago Bears, but it just seems like it's trending toward that direction that the Bears would get a quarterback with the number one pick in this year's draft. But looking at Justin Fields as a whole, when fans call us or they they send us messages, Cap, and they say, "Well, look at the ebb and flow of Justin Fields as a Chicago Bear, how he comes to this team, and." People thought that you're going to see fireworks in the sky, and you just didn't get that right away. What you saw is, at times, a big, strong arm, definitely utilizing his legs. He's running more than I ever saw him run in college because he didn't have to. When he had a great offensive line in front of him, he didn't have to run as much. But this offense, he sees the holes in the defense, and he runs for the first down. And so the positive is is that we've seen the arm, we've seen the legs, but it's the in-between, Cap. Quarterback play is not about just running with the football or being able to throw it 80 yards. It's about being able to matriculate the ball down the field. We see this from whatever you think of Brock Purdy in that system, nickel and diming it down the field because he has weapons and time. We see this with Patrick Mahomes. He's the tip of the spear when it comes to quarterbacks. How he's able to, he can run too, but that's not what he does exclusively. And so... A lot of this is on fields, and it's, a lot of this is on the infrastructure around him. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to shine up Luke Getze just because Albert Breer says that he's a guy that you know seems coveted around the league. What I'm saying is that sometimes there's a disconnect. No matter how good an OC is, sometimes the message doesn't get through. You're a coach. You know that better than anybody else. You could say, I've got a, a great game plan that fits the skill set of this player that I'm coaching. And somehow, some way, whatever you say, it sounds Chinese to him. You're speaking English, and you both speak English, but it seems like you're speaking a different language. Correct. I told you exactly what you need to do on the floor here. I, I'm going. I broke down the tape. Here's how you can succeed. And somehow, some way, it does not connect. Same thing here with Justin Fields. I feel. I feel like Justin Fields and Luke Yetzi and Eva Flus and all that. There was a disconnect there. Let alone issues with the offensive line, the timing issues, the timing with his teammates. I just feel Cap that. Sometimes you just need a uh, new address, a fresh coat of paint. Correct. Sometimes you just need to look at that wall and say, you know what? We still have a nice house, but if we just get a nice fresh coat of paint, it'll just revitalize what we have here. Same thing with Fields' career. If it doesn't work here, he needs a fresh coat of paint, and maybe someone can be able to unlock the mystery that is Justin Fields as far as him reading defenses and being able to have timing with his teammates. That's the hope for him. It'll be it, the biggest question
2: the Bears have to ask themselves if they're taking Caleb Williams is not his ability. Because all you have to do, whether you are Justin's mother and father and brother, you can all look and go, okay, I get it. That guy's super talented. Mm-hmm. Can he handle this city? Can he handle it? Because it's not an easy place. We've never had a quarterback, we all think we know what they look like. We've never had one in our lifetime where we go, boy, I want another one of those. And can you handle the scrutiny and the media and the fan base and the pressure of being the face of the biggest team in town? Justin could and is. He's handled it pretty well. Correct. And he's well-liked
0: by his teammates. He just isn't good enough as a player. He also is his blood pressure is always one twenty over eighty two. You don't know what he's thinking half the time. Correct. He's same face. Correct. Because he's got the same face. That's correct. <laughs> like outside of the dancing in the in the locker room, you know when the Bears win, there's not much to Justin Fields because he's not going to let you know. You you hate to play cards with that guy. He doesn't need sunglasses. He's just just staring straight ahead. Correct. Whether they are winning or losing, it's kind of the same demeanor. And actually, that's exactly what you want as a quarterback. The guy that is even keeled. Takes a shot of the media every now and then, but that's, that's no big thing. It's very subtle, but ultimately he was, he's an adult in the room, Justin Fields. Whatever you want to say about him, Cap, he is. that's exactly what you want. He goes home to his French Bulldogs
2: and he has, you know, a good life. He just probably is not going to
0: ever start for the Bears again. Yeah, more than likely. Just the way things are trending right now. And I know people will hear what they want to hear at this point in time. I'm an adult with a mortgage. It doesn't matter to me. But what I will tell you is is that Cap and I are not pushing him out of the door. Absolutely not. What we're saying is, is that the Chicago Bears are going to do what's best for the team and try to upgrade the position. And I think that that's exactly the direction they're going in. It's not just from us. Listen to all these experts and people are around the NFL. They're saying the same thing. They're saying we're moving in a different direction. They think the Bears are going to move in a different direction. What did Albert say on
2: Tuesday? Yeah, one of the things the Bears were telling their OC candidates when they interviewed him, the chance to take jo- uh, Caleb Williams. Mm. That's intriguing to people. I mean, do you think all these guys looked and went, boy, I really like deep-dish pizza and the great steakhouses. I want to go to Chicago Cut. Guess what? I'm going to roll with Iberflus, who might be a lame duck, and I'm going to try and fix Justin in his fourth year. Really? Yeah. All these dudes. Thomas Brown, who's interviewing for head coaching jobs, comes here not as the O.C., As the pass game coordinator, Shane Waldron can get any one of these OC jobs. I'll go to Chicago. Yeah, because if he takes Caleb Williams and he turns him into a superstar, he gets a job like that. Or if they say, you know what, we're going to change head coaches, you're the head coach. And then Thomas Brown slides into the OC job.
0: Like They're building a super cool infrastructure. Three one two three three two espn three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Let's go to the phone lines to talk to you. We say hello to Bill in Arlington Heights on and J. Hood. Bill, good morning. Hi, William. Good
3: morning, guys. How are you? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, you know, <clears throat> I've been thinking Fine. a lot about the Caleb Williams um, Justin Fields thing for a while, and I'm not one of those Bears fans that's super tied to Justin Fields, but what you guys mentioned earlier really kind of resonated with me. With talking about the Bears players in the last but 20 years who had uh, were signed to second or you know second contract.
0: Short list, huh, mentioned. Bill? Pretty short list.
3: It was very short lived, and what I wanted to correlate that to is the Bears fans out there who are apprehensive about moving on from Justin Fields and I don't think it's necessarily that they're skeptical about Caleb Williams I think it's that deep down in all Bears fans hearts they are skeptical with the Chicago Bears organization's ability to draft well and because of that they almost want to settle for mediocrity which is perhaps Justin Fields as opposed to taking a risk on somebody that could be a generational talent like Caleb Williams. So I I just wanted to bring that. uh, You know, I've been thinking a lot about it. I I listen to your show every day. Thank you. And it's something I've been trying to wrap my head around on why Bears fans who call in, like the other day on the Waddle and Sylvie show, you had some guys that said, you know, they, they brought the point up if you could take any quarterback or any player on the Chiefs or the 49ers and replace them with any positional player on the Bears, who would it be? And I mean, I think two out of 10 people said that they would not take Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's nuts. And I think that is a result of Bears fan skepticism and a- apprehension with the Team the Bears organization with drafting well, and we, we have a golden perhaps what mm. could be a golden nugget right in front of us, but we're scared to do it. But not so much because we don't think that Caleb Williams is good. Mm-hmm. It's more of that we're shell shocked from the Bears inability to draft well. With
0: that's fair.
2: Well, that, that's fair. That, that is more than fair. Yeah. He, that's a very lucid call. And yeah. the Waddle and Sylvie segment. Mm-hmm. They literally took 10 calls. Yeah. You could trade, like, drop one player from the Super Bowl teams onto our team. There were literally two people that said, yeah, I'd take the center. or I'd take, I don't remember what the other position was. What about Patrick Mahomes? Nah, it takes up too much
0: of the cap. What? <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Are you kidding? You're, uh, you're, you're joking, right? All these people, all these great players. I mean, and, it, and it, again, the, the top of it, the beginning of it, it starts with Patrick Mahomes. Nah, I'll take the tight end. I'll take George Kittle. You will? Really? Really? Let me know how that works out for you. I'll take Debo Samuel. You will?
2: Yeah, over... Justin Field <laughs> over Mahomes for Field. <laughs> like, that's 10 out of 10, man. That is hilarious. That is hilarious.
0: That is hilarious. Uh, and, Bill, to your point, I think you speak for a lot of Bears fans that you maybe have not called us yet or are thinking about what you said. I understand the skepticism. I think we all understand the skepticism because we've been there before with different regimes and saying, yep, here go the Bears. Same old, same old Bears. They're going to try to reinvent this thing. Through the draft and through free agency, and they're going to bungle it because we've been there before. The only reason why this is different for all of us is because these are back-to-back number one picks. Bears have never been in that stratosphere before. Never. Now, that's, that, that's why it feels different. Yep. But, but for, to Bill's point, Bill is right, Cap, when he says that, hey, I mean, we've seen the Bears be able to make mistakes before in the draft. How do we know it's going to be any different? Well, we have to find out. Correct. New I, GM. Because I, I ain't burning my, my Chicago Bears sweatshirt or hoodie anytime soon.
2: Right. That's the sweet one that you have on. The shy football with the bear head.
0: I just found something blue. I didn't know even know it was the Bears until I got into the light. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I set my stuff out the night before. You know, I wasn't
2: home last night until right. until late
0: until 2 this morning.
2: But, I mean, every night I go in before I get, go to bed. Yeah. All right, what do I want to wear tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go with that
0: and that, and I get excited about what I'm going to wear. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have that luxury last night. No. So, 312. Late flight. three one two three three two 332 is our phone number. Albany Park. Here's Michael on Cap and J-Hood. Michael, good morning.
1: Good morning, fellas. How are you? We're well, thank you. Thanks for checking in. So, I'm listening to this move in a new direction conversation, that should have started at the top. How are we going to consider moving in a new direction when we have got the same old, same old at top? The Bears are the poster child of dysfunctional organization. If we hire this hot shot new quarterback, is he going to start? And if he's not going to start, who is he going to sit behind and cultivate for three years? And be quite honest, you can have the illegitimate child of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. You put them behind that tissue paper offensive line that is the Chicago Bears, he's going to get clobbered. It is not Justin's fault that he gets sacked nine times in one game. And all those running yards he's getting, he should not be doing so, because he's too busy running for his life. Some
0: of the some of those sacks are on Justin Fields, actually, Michael. It's not. I agree. It's not, you, you, you said that none of them are. They, they some are because he holds sometimes holds the ball too long. And by the way, that's not just um, just Justin Fields. A lot of quarterbacks do that because they think they can hold on, hold on, hold on to be able to make a play on that platform. And, and that play's not there. Yeah, and our, Michael, right, I would tell you, too our that's offensive given.
2: line, Michael, is getting better. I like Darnell Wright. I yeah. like Tevin Jenkins. He's got a proving stay on the field. Braxton, solid, maybe unspectacular. They need to get a center. I'm talking a high-level center. Tackle.
1: And left tackle. A lot of those punishments of quarterback taken are coming from the left tackle. They seem to just blow through our left tackle. Now, very specifically, you're right, our offensive line, the right side, I saw them opening up some beautiful holes. Yeah. But let's face it, you know, if my, okay, if we get a hot shot quarterback, is he going to start? and take a beating like Steels did?
2: Yes. He's starting opening day.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yep. Well,
1: yes. there's better be an offensive line, and he better zip that ball away in a hurry, 2.5 seconds. Michael. Is that going to be cultivated?
0: That's what they're working on. Thanks for the call, man. Yes, of course. It, well, we're hoping that that offensive line is a true link fence. You can tell he's passionate. Oh, sure. Now, the Bears—they've told me this. Believe
2: that another summer with Olin in the in the training center, mm-hmm. toughening up, getting his base stronger. That Braxton can be a serviceable left tackle. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's some of the mocks I looked at yesterday, have Roma Dunze, Brock Bowers, Malik Neighbors, and Marvin Harrison all off the board before pick nine. If that's the case, then. Joe Alt is probably on the board, the left tackle out of Notre Dame, who's really good.
0: Which sounds like a football name. His he's dad was John Alt with the Chiefs. Joe Alt.
2: Yeah. Ah. Big guy. Yeah. He's six seven. So if that's the case, maybe you take a left tackle and can you kick Braxton inside? I don't know that. Tevin, Tevin's got to prove he could stay on the field. Sure. But he's when he is, he's really good.
0: Especially Dragons in the run fire. game. He is a dragon slayer. He is. Yes. He is. But it, but it's it all this takes time and I know Michael from Albany Park and all of us Bears fans don't want to hear I uh, you know about time or taking time. But this is what happens when you tank. This is what it looks like. Yes, I appreciate you turning the heat up for me. Yes, it's I, cold in here. I mean, what what was it? 68? 64. Hanging meat in here. Exactly. For yes. God's sakes. Thank you. The the super is checked in. I got but it at it, 70. Now. Ah. Nice nah, it'd be nice and comfortable. Still cold from the, the charter plane last night. Yes. It's chilly on that thing. Yeah. Especially when you lose. Three one two three three two. Yes. Very frosty. Three one two three three two ESPN. Three three two three seven seven six is our telephone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. Cap and I want to find out from you. Are we finally all in agreement that the Bears will take a quarterback at one? Still to come, we'll talk about one of the biggest stars in sports made history in Evanston last night. That's all part of the mix on a Thursday morning on Captain J. Hood.
3: Checkmate 1-6, landing suppression on target. That's why I see him
0: in my shot. Shot or no shot with Captain J. Hood on the ESPN 1000 oh, and the boy. ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Well, that good
3: actually,
0: morning. That actually turned me on. <laughs> well, good morning and welcome in to the Captain J. Hood morning show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan with his foot in his throat, I'm Jay Hood. <laughs> now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... That'd be ESPN Bat, now live in Illinois. New users get 100 bucks in
2: bonus bets with any sportsbook bat. Here is Shay W. Norling.
4: I'm very angry with David Kaplan right now. Because? He's furious, in fact. Because he spent the break on the phone with his wife on speakerphone. And she knew exactly who Arch Manning was. She said he's either the father of Eli and Peyton or the son of their brother. And I counted it. And then Cap goes, where does he go to school? And she said, Texas. And I'm livid because that should have been on the air and you know better.
0: However, I'm a witness and saw what happened there. And there it is, David Kaplan, the all-knowing David Kaplan. My wife wouldn't even know who Arch Manning is. And when she do, nails it. What? And, of course, the game show in David Kaplan, because he just can't help himself. He, the Wink Martin in him has to ask him, all right, double or nothing, what school does he go to?
4: Texas. <laughs> so long, everybody. I jumped out of my chair. I sprinted to the back of the producer booth with my hands in the air. What an instant win. You can bet your ass I'm going out on State Street after the show with my phone and asking folks if they know who he is.
0: Sexist cap. Even my wife, who's around the kitchen, she doesn't know what's going on. I didn't say that. I said my wife, who's a diehard sports fan, Uh wouldn't know
2: who Arch Manning is. She not only knew the dad's name was Archie, the brother has a kid named Arch, and he goes to Texas. I'm like, wow, I'm actually turned on now.
0: Turned on and wrong. Wow. And wrong. That is so hot that you knew that. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even my wife, she doesn't know sports. She's a woman. How would she know? I did not I mean, that. pretty much, that's pretty really what you said there. She doesn't know sports. She's a woman. She doesn't even watch TV. And, by, and bam, bam, knocks it down. How about that, Cap? She nailed it. Uh-huh. Way to go, Mindy. So she's, so, so now you need to ask nine people. Shay, you don't need to ask 10 people. Just, now it's nine because Mindy's already knocked it down twice. There you go. Here's Shay Norling, Shay.
4: All right. Wow, that dime in the afterglow. Uh, Billy Donovan sounded resigned to the inevitable in his postgame media availability last night. Sun Times Bulls writer Joe Cowley wrote that Donovan has no plans to approach the front office regarding any trades, prioritizing the character and type of player the Bulls want over, quote, bringing in bodies. It's been feeling more and more likely like the Bulls will once again do nothing at the trade deadline and preach more continuity. But shot or no shot, can't blame AK and Eversley anymore. You have to blame ownership. That's a shot. Now AK and Eversley if Eversley even exists,
2: I don't even I think he's an AI creation. But those two dudes have done a lousy job. But at the end of the day. Michael Reinsdorf's got to walk in there if he has any kind of competitive fire whatsoever and go, guys, what are we doing to improve the roster?
0: Nope. So a that's a shot. It's a no shot because because I, I if I said it was a shot, I'd be inconsistent with what I've said about all our Chicago sports teams. When you lose, you lose as an organization. When you underachieve, you underachieve as an organization. What I'm telling you, Cap, is that, it's yes, it's Michael Reinsdorf, but it also it's Eversley and Karnaschovas because of the lack of wherewithal to be able to try to fix this thing. I understand that the Zach Levine contract is an albatross around your neck. It doesn't mean you can't fix the rest. Come on, man. And sh- I'm not saying to shuffle the deck, just to shuffle the deck. I'm saying try to find youth and improvement in production to make the roster better. Billy Donovan has every right to say Hey, man, I'm not going in there to ask for more players. I mean, you you want to do that, that's fine. Because Billy Donovan's been coaching with kind of the same roster for a while. It's up to Karnaschovas and Eversley and, and for Reinsdorf to figure out what you want to be. Do you want to stand still? Do you want to tank and try to get younger? Do you want to add on? Now, here's one thing we haven't talked about When it, as far as going into the tax. If I'm Michael Reinsdorf, I don't go into the tax for this team either. As is, they're not good enough. So and they're not Alonzo Ball away from getting to the playoffs. I know that's the outside viewpoint. Alonzo Ball, I don't, I don't see him. I don't miss him. He's not a part of this ball club. But I mean, the whole point is Cap is that Donovan says I'm not going to ask for anybody because ultimately that's not his job to ask. He just coaches who they give him.
2: But the bottom line is that if you're a competitor, if I owned a team, all I care about if I'm worth the money, they're worth. Do you not have any competitive fire to go, I want to win, man. Period. What are we adding? Like, I would be the guy that would have my, if I was the billionaire, have my beautiful home in Florida. We're there in the winter. Got my place up here. And I'm on a direct phone line with my GM, AK. Yes. Hey, man, what are we doing in free agency? Hey, man, I want to get better at this. Well, we're not going to be able to get that guy, but we're going after that guy. All right, get it done. Let me know what you need me to do. I'm here to support. Just win, baby. And you know what they do over at 1901 West Madison? They don't give a flying rip. Hey, can we get another City Connect jersey that we can get people to buy? Oh, wow, we made these new cool winter hats. We can sell those. Oh, we got a new TV deal? They don't give a flying rip about winning. And that's a freaking
0: embarrassment. Com- compare that to Joe up from Golden State. Our job is to win championships, period. And I'm going to expect that. We're going to expect that this year, next year, three years from now, five years from now. Uh, that's just, you know, there's no point in doing this if you're not trying to win the championship.
3: We're going to win no matter what. I don't care what the rules are. We are going to figure out a way to do it. That's what good organizations do. They figure out a way to win the game. And our game is to win games and
0: to win championships. Yeah, uh, First in class when it comes to game ops, but an empty cardboard box when it comes to trying to build a team. That's who they are. Correct! Because they, all they care about is that, that lower bowl and those game ops and the, the uh, Benny the bowl popcorn trick, and that's it. As long well, as it's full, that's good
4: enough. And that's why I asked the question the way that I did because, frankly, I don't care if they go into the tax with this team either, but I think letting these two who are running the front office do nothing again is one of the most embarrassing stories in sports. It's any serious owner would have these two guys in a soup kitchen. Any serious owner in sports would tell these two guys, get the F out. Enough. You're getting punted out of the building. Good luck.
0: And
1: then, Correct. And then pick
0: a lane, Cap. After that, pick a lane. Standing still is not a lane. It's standing still. That's
4: The, the fact that they're, they feel empowered or comfortable enough with ownership that they can do nothing again, that, that's where ownership becomes the problem. I, I don't disagree.
2: Ownership is absolutely a problem there. But if I was in that job, I'm changing the deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm going down swinging. At some point, I'm going, I can't watch Zach Levine anymore. Whatever I got to do, get that freaking guy off my roster. And I can promise you my offseason wouldn't have been Javon Carter and Tory Craig. I agree. Here we go. Yep, that's that. so long everybody thanks for coming Cap, yep, that's not his that's not Zach Levine's fault he's a face of it but it's not his fault I'm not I just want him out but if I'm talking if I was aK
0: yeah no I hear, I hear
2: you because DK was running it'd be different
0: now now at least I can hear you you have a, a philosophy point of view and a lane at least you're going to travel down a lane like okay Levine off the books we're gonna make a deal here we're gonna get younger more aggressive you know whatever but I don't even hear a plan over there. Okay. None. Like, Patrick
2: Williams has gotten better, we can admit. He's improved. Yes. He's not good enough. He's improving. He's 22 years old, or whatever he is. If you're sitting in that room and you're looking and we got the fourth pick in the draft, well, rather than spending $80 million on an oft-injured Lonzo Ball, how about we draft Tyrese Halliburton? Who we liked in our pre-draft workouts and interviews. Then I don't have to pay eighty million there, which means I could spend that eighty million on somebody else. That's the problem. Poor management from the top down.
0: Don't forget tomorrow we'll preview the Bulls and Kings with the voice of the Kings, Mark Jones. He'll be with us at seven thirty-five. Here's Shay Norlick.
4: Shay, no <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Danny just drove into a guardrail. What? <laughs> PFF's Brad Spielberger offered up a couple potential free agent
2: guys walking by with his phone. It says Arch Manning is the king.
4: I'm telling you, two. there's another one. You're going to get body bagged. Two for two. <laughs> he just comes by on his phone. Arch Manning. You're going to get body bagged on this one. P- uh, PFF's Brad Spielberger offered up a couple of potential free agent wide receivers for the Bears. Some uncertainty over what receivers will be available for the Bears at nine in the draft. So Spielberger predicted former All Pro Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore's old Washington teammate Curtis Samuel as two receivers who will see a Carolina teammate, excuse me, who will rec- two receivers who will see a strong push from Chicago in free agency. Shot or no shot, both of these would be excellent signings for the Bears. Calvin Ridley and Curtis Samuel. How much do I have to pay? Neither one's a $20 million receiver. That might be the attraction.
0: That's a shot as far as the production. The two receivers you just laid out—that's a shot.
2: Now, can I get them as a as my number three? See a Mooney and bring in one of those dudes as my three and draft Neighbors, Harrison, or Bowers or who my and a Dunze, get me one of them as my two. Now I go Moore, young kid, veteran as my three.
0: Sign me. Yeah, that's that's a shot, Shay, because of the production that they can give. So now you're talking about a rookie along with two veteran um, uh, wide receivers to work with Caleb Williams if he is the quarterback for the Bears or Justin Fields. I think that works out perfectly. So that's definitely a shot, two names that they could look at. Because I, I know that it just sounds like, okay, so the Bears will hopefully draft a wide receiver in the first round uh, at nine. Okay, but you have to do even more than that because what you just laid out there – um, Cap talking about Darnell Mooney. He's not going to be here. I wouldn't think that's that's all. That'll be fine. Yeah, Thank that, you. Yeah, I mean it. I know that sucked for him this year because I know in the back of his helmet he's thinking, God, this is a contract year and I can't get the ball or uh, it's sailing over my head or I got to dive out of bounds for a ball. It was just a bad bad year for a contract year for Darnell Mooney, and he's just a guy, quite frankly, just a dude. Yeah. Shay, can you squeeze in one more?
4: Uh, Yeah, you brought up an angle yesterday when we were talking some baseball that was really interesting to me, and then I was talking to a friend who brought up the same angle. So I just want to put this out there. Hoodie, you were here. Jesse was in earlier this week. He told us Scott Boris having as difficult a time getting deals done as he's ever had. He's feeling the squeeze. This morning reported that he asked the Yankees nine years, $270 million for Blake Snell. So the Yankees said, F that. We're going to get Marcus Stroman. He's having a hard time getting a deal done for Snell. He's having a hard time getting a deal done for Bellinger. He's having a hard time getting a deal done for Matt Chapman. All of them either want too many years or too much money or both. Shot or no shot. This is front office collusion to bring the prices down on Boris clients. That's a shot.
0: That's a shot across the board. I have never seen so many names and... You know, Cap, you mentioned that a number of these names are just kind of like, you know, bottom shelf or middle shelf veterans. Good good players. Good players. But, I mean, it's it's February 1st. Cap, I mean, there's not been a flurry of action. And I believe that the owners, for for the most part, across the board, are bringing the prices down. No, we're not going to spend through the nose for a guy that's an underachiever or a guy that has been in the the big leagues for a long time. And and that's just a, a warm body. I believe that there is a concerted effort by some owners to say, no, we're not doing that. We ain't the Padres. We're not the Mets. We're not the Cubs. <clears throat> we're not the Yankees. We're not the Dodgers. These other teams are saying, no, we're not doing that kind of spending. I believe that is a shot. Okay. When's the last time you saw a list like this, Cap? This late. You and I usually in December or January. Oh, my God. Look, look at this. This name. This name. This name. The, the hot stove's never been colder.
2: Yep, and I do not believe that there's any collusion out there. Guys are getting smarter because Otani, he got seven hundred million. Yamamoto, three twenty-five plus a posting fee. Nola, one seventy-two. Jung Hoo Lee from Korea, hundred and thirteen. Hader, ninety-five. Rodriguez, eighty million. Sonny Gray, seventy-five million. Uh-huh. Seth Lugo, whoever he is, forty-five million. Uh, Jamer Candelario not exactly a star 45 million Jordan Hicks Guria I can keep going L- freaking Lucas Giolito got paid
0: good money you want to you want to cherry pick those other names that are still out there looking for a job would you like to read those too yeah there's a bunch out there okay. still looking for a job no question about it
2: there are but that is not collusion that is we're not gonna pay for mediocrity anymore who's they every team in baseball
0: that's not collusion that's finally wising up yeah okay that's a that's a conversation at dinner or lunch saying what's your payroll what's your payroll you know what that's a good idea there is no way that they're
2: that stupid to have
0: those conversations oh that's that's ridiculous it happens all the time in restaurants you're probably in too the idea that that's not talked about and again why do you think collusion is such a dirty word it's not a dirty word. It's illegal. You can get sued for hundreds of millions of dollars. It's not a collusion if people don't know it. I, I, it's not a dirty word, Cap. Okay. It's just, it's just not. If you see a bunch of teams doing the same thing, I'm not. listen, what I'm saying is, is that they might have been smart, but it's not like the owners are just in an isolated booth. They talk to each other. They communicate with one another. You think all GMs just sit in a room by themselves and never communicate with others? Of course that's happening. Because it's it's too much of a coincidence this is happening across Major League Baseball, for the most part. You cherry-pick some of these they, these big salaries are getting spent, great. But they're across the board, including the Cubs, not willing to spend top dollar. Not at this time. For free agents.
2: There there are a lot of good players still sitting out there, yes. Guys are over pricing the market. Yeah. And that I'm not giving $37 million is the market value for Clayton Kershaw who can't stay healthy and is like 36 years old. No! You want to play?
0: The Dodgers said we're moving on. See you later. Thanks. Every, every situation is not the same though. Yeah, everyone doesn't have a future Hall of Famer that's sitting out there. It's not, that's not for every situation. That's every player. There are guys there that can help ball clubs that are, are still waiting for a job.
2: And I, have, and I completely disagree, and that's fine. We can disagree to disagree. Yeah, it I mean, has nothing to do with you don't collusion.
0: think that's a, you don't think that's a coincidence. It is. A, it is. It's not. A, a, what I'm saying is, is that across the board, a number of teams is like, you know what? We're keeping the prices down. We're not paying through the nose for mediocre play. And by the way, you have every right to do that. I'm not. This is Correct. not. A, but 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 Shane, what I'm saying is, is that it's too much of a coincidence. Cap and I have been through a million of these hot stoves. Go through the transaction uh, section of the paper. Oh, another couple of signings. A couple of signings. What about now? Cold. The market's cold.
2: Because guys are... Blake Snell is not a $270 million pitcher. And when 30 teams go, okay, good luck. We're not doing it.
4: Yeah, That's it, not collusion. But I, it is interesting because in the past, like, what if, when Prince Fielder signed with the Tigers, nobody thought that he was that... Caliber of player, he got like a record-setting contract. It just the calendar flipped into January, and a team needed to make a move. In the past, teams have come up to the market when it gets late like this, and desperation sets in. This year is one of the first times I can remember where nobody will meet the price.
0: Right? And look, like every team has its standards. If your standard is is that we're not going to be paying all, you know overpaying for mediocre talent, and you have a friend that's an owner, and they have a friend that's owners, and they you sit around and talk about it. You know what? We can make a stand. Because they look at the Mets like they have turds for earrings. They look at them like, well, how much money are you spending? Padres, how much are you spending? Wow. And you still didn't get to the playoffs? Okay. Well, we're not doing that. And the Mets have said,
2: even Steve Cohen, I'm not doing it again. I, it was wrong. We, we built it
0: wrong. You you and I are owners of Major League Baseball. And we both sit down and say, you know, you're in Milwaukee. I'm in, God, what, St. Louis? Kansas City, a market like that, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Miami. Mm-hmm. And you say, Boy, look at those. You and I would start the conversation by saying, How's the family? How's your ball club? Boy, you see how much money the Padres are spending? You see Cohen pulling back with the Mets? Huh. Cubs? Oh, that's a cash cow over there. And you tell me about your market, and I tell you about my market, and you and I would come to agreement saying, Yeah, F that. We're not going to go way into the luxury tax, or we're not going to spend that kind of money. That's not collusion. This is a philosophy that we both share. You and, and, and I think a number of teams where owners are friends, they will have that same philosophy. Now, they again, they wouldn't call collusion out loud, but it's a philosophy that I think some have shared. You know, I know. Look at the free agent market.
2: So of the top 10 free agents this winter, six of them have signed 60 percent. Who's left? Blake Snell, Boris, Cody Bellinger boris matt chapman boris and i don't know who jordan montgomery has as an agent he may have boris for all i know i don't know that's it so the top 10 other guys made good deals josh Hader, fair deal done fine so i i do not think it's collusion i think the industry is getting smarter they're Monty looking is at the
4: going, boris uh, client
2: who he is yeah so there you go the only remaining top 10 guys all have the same agent. He can't get a deal for, done for any of them because they're all asking for too many years and too much money.
0: Collusion against Boris.
4: I'm all for that. They're tired of wow. this guy <laughs> holding them over hot coals. They're uh, uh, squeezing them out. Hey, by the way, if, if they do that, well, I mean,
0: <laughs> this is what Boris does: gets the most for his clients. We've known that historically, correct? For you I mean, over the top cap, correct? But if I'm a, if we're having a, a secret lunch or dinner, this Boris guy, he's not going to. Hold my ass over the coals. No shot. Call, call the other owner. Baltimore. Call so-and-so. Right. We're not doing it. But they're also looking at a team like Baltimore
2: who had built their farm system because they had multiple years of losing. Yeah, man. And they're going, hang on a second. We got a kid here in the minor leagues who deserves a chance. Why am I spending $12 million a year for three years to sign a 34-year-old reliever who's just okay?
0: That's smart business. Say, is collusion a, a a dirty word? Well, it's
4: uh, illegal. So yeah, I would think it is. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it's. Uh, I, I think, mean, we know it happens in sports. It does. Yeah. I think if you think it never happens in sports, you're a bit naive. Yeah. All, the, all but, the
2: time. But you, when they sued the the time that they were able to prove that it happened. Yeah. Talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. I get it.
0: I get it. They call it something else, though. I think is made is made a They call it something else. I think. <laughs> the, and, uh, the, the, the secret, secret conversations. All right, we will turn now to around the NFL. Nick Bull sucks. He sucks. I'm
3: just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers.
1: The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He
3: starts to come and
2: then he pulls down. This is a really thickly built guy. I
4: mean, what answer are you looking for on these things here? Uh,
0: Deal Brinker's Thursday on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show, the first around the NFL. Here's Shane Orling. Shane?
4: All right. I want to ask about some of the impending free agents. Uh, PFF has done a 2024 NFL free agency potential landing spots for top quarterbacks and wide receivers, two positions of major interest for the Bears. What's it going to look like around the league? The number one available quarterback via free agency right now is expected to be Kirk Cousins assuming he doesn't sign a deal back in Minnesota. PFF lists the top landing spots for Cousins, the Atlanta Falcons, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Okay, I expect, Cap, for um, Cousins to stay in Minnesota. I do too. But I wonder what kind of deal that looks like financially.
2: It's going to be significant. The last report was he wants $45 million a year. For three years. I I thought it was two for 45 a year. Two
4: years, 90 million. Same thing.
2: Same deal. 45 million a year.
4: Yeah, say
0: that out loud. And then say Kirk Cousins. Right. To be maybe the third best team in the NFC North. Maybe. Maybe.
4: That's what I keep telling people, though. It's not about how talented you are. It's about what you can command in the market. Because that market doesn't go backwards and Daniel Jones got 40 million dollars. He can command more than that. Like, he's better than Daniel Jones.
0: Yes, he is. Hold your nose, Cap. It's a lot of money,
2: but that's the price if you're a good starting quarterback, and he is.
4: I really don't think he's going to be back in Minnesota. Maybe I'm just going to be wrong on that, but the way they approached the draft last year, the conversations, trying to trade in to get a quarterback, feeling like Kirk wasn't their long-term answer. I feel like even though the fans there love him, and he seems to love the franchise and the fans... I think the relationship with the organization is a little sour.
0: So then Fields to Minnesota. <laughs>
4: the in-division trade. Wow. A little sabotage by the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, take him.
0: You know, we always ask, Shay, about the situation that you just laid out with Kirk Cousins. I know we got to move on. Just, just the idea that, okay, so if not Kirk Cousins, whom? Right? So Nick Mullins, Dobbs, Hall, do you get a veteran quarterback in that spot? Does Minnesota feel like they're close you retool? like, how do you do trade that?
2: up from number, whatever their, what number pick do they have?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a question that's on the table. Like if not Kirk cousins, then whom?
2: It's
0: a great question. Cause you know, the production's there when he's healthy, but then what? All right, Jay.
4: All right. Next on the list was uh, wide receiver T Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think a lot of people expect him to get a deal done and stay in Cincinnati for at least another season. But if he does hit free agency, PFF lists Carolina, Jacksonville, and New England as the top destinations. I was surprised to know Chicago there.
3: Well,
2: are,
4: are the Bears prepared to pay him $22 million a year? That's what he's
0: looking for. Cap, you haven't made the call yet, right, to his mom, right?
2: I have not called the mom as of
0: late. Hey, baby. We want your son on the Bears. Hey, baby. Yeah, what are you going to do, give him a call? I, I look, won't call her baby, but... Why not? We don't have that kind of relationship. You don't need... You no, know, she, She'd respond. Hey. She responds. So she definitely would respond. <laughs> hey, Mama. <It's> Cap. <laughs> Just talk to her like, you know, like Smokey Robinson. Happy Chanuka. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Nice and smooth. <laughs> hey Happy... Baby.
2: Happy... Chinooka. I hey, have
0: ben.
4: no idea what Chinooka is.
0: Hey, baby. Happy that'll get
4: Chinooka. it done. That's the recruiting pitch for T. Higgins. <laughs> that'll make him wear a, a bear logo.
0: Hey, mama. That's, the, that's it's, the move. It's Cap from the Southwest Flight to Kansas City.
1: Happy Chinooka. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Best. Uh, yeah, I would love that. Oh, T. Higgins. Oh, my God. Uh, Jay, go ahead. Nah, I'm just laughing at just, just I mean, that's how you guys, you know, if you want T. Higgins, you guys, you know, speak smooth. <laughs> Nice and sweet.
4: Pillow talk with Mrs. Higgins.
0: That's
4: exactly (laughs) right. I'm Cap and Jay Hood. Cap Woo's T. Higgins' mother. That's it.
0: Hey, baby. You ready to come over?
2: We'd love to get him here in Chicago. You know his daddy is from Chicago.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, really?
1: That's Chateau, baby. Hey, baby. Happy (laughs) Chinooka.
2: Happy Chinooka, Mrs. Higgins.
0: Here is my brother, Shay Norling. Shay? (laughs) Hey, baby. (laughs) <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Where's my pimp hat? <laughs> my leather coat. The best.
4: Next on the list, another receiver who has been connected to the Bears in recent reports, but not here. Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. PFF says Carolina and the New York Jets.
0: Carolina and the
4: New. Oh my God, Can Mike Evans. <laughs> Jesus.
0: I almost swore there.
4: Mike Evans, oh, Carolina no. and the Jets. Sorry, I almost I don't know swore. If the Jets are where you want to be after the reporting yesterday. God Almighty.
0: I feel third option retire.
4: Yeah, right. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, how about the reporting? Garrett Wilson saying they effectively we never made in game adjustments. Nate Hackett. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers was freelancing on Nate Hackett in camp. Hackett would get a play call in, and Rodgers would go, "No, not running that. Do something totally different."
2: <laughs> wow. Hey, honey, uh, your agents on the phone. Mike, agents on. The- What's up? Uh, agent, you uh, got the Jets Tune and in. Carolina. Um, yeah, that's all right. Turning my retirement
0: papers. I'm out. You what? Yep, I'm retiring. I'm done. That's the only two options. I'm out. Holy cow. A guy with that kind of skill set. I mean, she asked maybe three weeks ago, like, shot a no shot about Mike Evans to the Bears. I, I'd do that yesterday. He's good.
2: But how old is Mike Evans? 31,
4: 32, 30. 30. 30. Love it. Oh, my God. Tune in. All right, brother. Darnell Mooney on this list. He is? Ranked number 60 among all free agents. One of the top wide receivers ranked uh, in this free agency class. Potential landing spots. Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers. I want him in Kansas City.
2: Please. I I would just like to see it. Please. Darnell Mooney catches his 119th ball for (laughs) 1,465 yards and 12 touchdowns. He'll be a
0: Hall of Famer
4: in Kansas City. Right.
0: Absolutely, and you don't have to what five catches? Maybe, maybe, maybe four or five targets. Cap, maybe max.
4: He's, he's either going to be the new Hall of Famer in Kansas City, or he's the new uh, Kadarius Tony. Correct, Darnell Mooney on Instagram Live saying they're lying about my injury. I can play. I love KD. I
0: love Card. I love Tony. He's my guy. I remember, I remember Mahomes trying to apologize for him after that first game against the Lions. Because he was terrible, Tony. Horrible. Holy then smokes. he lined
2: up. He was the guy that lined up offside.
0: Yes. We love Tony. That's my guy. We love him. No, you don't. <laughs> no, and you he don't. won't be there next year. Could you imagine? Darnell Mooney would be absolutely fantastic in Kansas City. He wouldn't drop a ball. He'd be like, thank you. This is not sailing over my head, or I don't have to catch it by my knees. Justin's a really nice guy, but this is way more fun. Nagy would love to have him back. Oh, my God. That'd be unbelievable, Cap. Wow. All right, that's a look around the NFL. Darnell Mooney was really on the list.
4: Yeah, 60th overall free agent by PFF. Wow.
0: (laughs) It just surprised me. Coming up, deal breakers. It's a deal-breakers Thursday. We have it for you on ESPN 1000 and on YouTube, the ESPN Chicago channel.